A listener note before we begin this week's episode of Northern Goal, as is becoming more and more frequent um, between recording the podcast and getting the podcast edited and published, some breaking news has broken uh, this time. It's the fact that, that the Highland League have called time on their season, declaring Bora Rangers champions after three games on a points per game basis and then goal difference. This is because, one, Highland League don't see, while testing is still a requirement, how the season will be completed, and also that they need to declare a champion by a certain point, um, because rules state there has to be a champion from this season to put them into the, the pyramid playoff, which Brora will now play in, having missed out on it last season, of course, in controversial circumstances. Um, basic. Basic reaction so far would suggest that while teams are maybe not um, not overly pleased with Prora being named as champions after so little games, they do recognise the fact that Prora have been the best team in the Highland League for a couple of years and based on what happened last season, deserve their playoff chance. Later on in the podcast, you'll hear us discuss the... Scottish Cup ties this weekend involving Highland League sides, including Brora, Fraserburgh, and for Martin United. So that's just a brief update on what's happened since we recorded, and um, there'll be more chat about that in our next episode. Until then, enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Northern Goal, the football podcast from the Evening Express and Press and Journal. I'm Ryan Crail, and today I'm joined by Andy Skinner, Paul Third, and Sean Wallace. How are we, people? Good, uh, thanks. Very well, thanks. I'm good, thank you. Well, there's plenty to discuss this week. I think we'll we'll start with the news last night that Shea Logan has left the Aberdeen after more than seven years. Um, obviously, the first casualty of the the new era at Petodre. But there's also plenty of plenty of games to discuss. There's a big Scottish Cup weekend coming up as well as some league action we also never discussed last week's Scottish Cup so we'll need to get to that as well as well as other league games um, across the divisions so first of all guys um, I think my my opinion on Shea Logan's loan to Hearts for the rest of the season which is will take him to the end of his contract and will uh, likely lead to a permanent move somewhere else uh, potentially potentially coming um, given that he'd he'd only played, I mean, even when Derek Kinnis was still at the club, he'd only made three starts this season so far. He wasn't in the squad for the Dundee United game, and I know people have said that it's possibly with Scott Brown coming as a player coach, there's potentially a bit of friction there. But I think um, I, I think probably Logan was on his way out anyway. Would that be right? I I think so. I mean, I, it's it's funny you introduced the the program today as being the first casualty of the new regime. I think you're, in all likelihood, Shea would have probably been one of the first casualties of the old regime. Um, as you've said, he's only started three games this season, 540 minutes in total across 14 appearances. Uh, we all know there was a clause in his contract. If he hit X amount of appearances, I have to figure 300 in my head. I'm not 100% sure but it's he wasn't he wasn't far away from it and I think that played into Derek McInnes's thinking originally in terms of why he wasn't getting game time and I don't think that decision has changed at all 
I'm sad to see him go, but I think it's time for him to go. He, for the first three years he was here, I've seen a few comments, people saying he was probably the best right back in Scottish football. I wouldn't disagree with that statement at all. But Titan weights for no man, and uh, as the legs get that little bit slower, their game time seems to reduce. Just look at Niall McGinn. Um, it's just it was time. It was time for Shea to move on. But I'm sure he'll leave with the very best wishes from everyone at Petodri. However, I'm not buying into the conspiracy theory at all that it's something to do with Scott Brown. No, I, I agree. I don't think it's got anything to do with Scott Brown. His imminent arrival at Aberdeen in the summer. I think Shea would have been exiting Petodri in the summer anyway. So the two wouldn't uh, get him face to face. I think I agree with Paul. I mean, Shea's barely played this season. Uh, I mean, three starts just isn't enough. He's only 33. He's still got a good few years left in the tank. I mean, what a fantastic signing he was for the first couple of seasons. Uh, but the last season or two, I mean, he, he sort of lost that dynamic edge to his game. And it's no surprise to see him move on. I, I think he'll do well at Hearts. I wish him all the best. I mean, I'll, I'll do really miss Shea. He was, from a standpoint of being a journalist, he was absolutely fantastic. I mean, Shea never dodged a question. He would like take it head on, give you a brutally honest answer. He was funny, engaging. He was perfect to deal with as a journalist. And he was pretty much the same on the pitch. He gave everything he had and was completely honest. And I think that's why a lot of Aberdeen fans took him to heart and why so many of them will be sad to see them go. But I think with many supporters as well, there's an acceptance that it was his time to move on and everything comes to an end and I think Shea kicked his last ball for Aberdeen. I think what you mentioned there, Sean, the fans that I've seen on social media discussing Shea's time at Aberdeen, it's, it's very much the street talking that they appreciated, um, a sort of irreverence when it came to Celtic and Rangers, um, not scared to have a go at them, which is obviously something Aberdeen fans always appreciate, as well as like, as you said, Paul, that that first few seasons, the the way he got up and down the line, he was basically an attacking player, and that is that's something that's very much uh, appeared to go out of his game in the last couple of seasons. That ability to get forward quite as much, get deliveries in the box. Um, but over the over this time, there have been a few um, important goals as well. He was the scourge of Ross County for a couple of years, um, as well as, as I remember the the goal to win it. Um, up at Cali Thistle, Andy, you might be best place to come in on this one, but um, the three-two win where Logan scored the the all-important third for Aberdeen. Yeah, um, he scored the winner in a Scottish Cup tie at Dingwall as well, um, in front of a, a packed away end. Uh, that's the one that sticks in my mind. But uh, no, the Ross County fans will certainly be well; they'll be happy to see the back of him in the Premiership for now. I mean, they might be back uh, coming up against him next season, of course, but. Uh, no, he had a phenomenal record against them for some reason, but a great servant and um, came into the club at quite short notice. Um, I think his debut was in the, the League Cup semi-final at, uh, at Tynecastle against St. Johnson and never really looked back from there. You know, He came in as a, a lone signing to begin with, helped the team win the League Cup and uh, ultimately just uh, you know never left the place. Um, so it's it was quite a nice... Um, you know, tale of a guy that uh, that had come from from England and, and really settled into Derek McInnes's back line. Um, you know, 
very symbolic of Aberdeen's success during the majority of that tenure. I was just going to say, for me, he's Aberdeen's best right back since Stuart McKimmy. I think that's the best compliment I can I can pay the fella. He's been terrific. He really has. But it's as I've sorry, it's just it's, it was his time. It was his time to go. Um, but he he's been outstanding, outstanding over the piece. As as Andy said, he's very much the the player that symbolises the Derek McInnes reign at Aberdeen. Won a trophy after something like seven games. Was a sparkling performer until about maybe what 2017, possibly 2017, 18, and then after that, it's very much been a sort of a downward trend in terms of performances and things like that. Um, it's that Scottish Cup final after that. It's all started to slowly slide downhill. Did it? That team mm. broke up. Wogan was one of the few that remained there. All right. Well, we will. We'll see how. We wish Shea all the best at Hearts. Hopefully, it's a strange signing for them. I must say, I think it's a, a cantering to the championship title. I don't know why they need a, a veteran right back, and they're not in the Scottish Cup or anything anywhere. Obviously, which I'm sure we'll get onto uh, later <laughs> on. Anyway, Dons are back in action this weekend. It's the first Scottish Cup tie we'll discuss. They travel to Dumbarton. Um, now, I don't want to say it, but this is either the chance for a confidence boosting win. Against against a side in League One, or Dumbarton are licking their lips. But I I would say that considering Dumbarton have a, a baffling six games in two weeks, that um they're probably they're probably viewing this as a big challenge against Aberdeen. That's probably probably works in Aberdeen's favour. Surely, surely Aberdeen have got to beat Dumbarton on Saturday. I think we've we've had the old alarm bells ringing during this run. I think it would be even worse if uh, Dumbarton were to knock the Dons out of this competition. This this would be a huge shock. A huge shock for Aberdeen to go out. I know how poor a run they're having, especially in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. But Dumbarton are toiling, toiling in League One this season. Uh, Peter Head have turned them over three times in counting so far. And if Aberdeen can't go there be professional and get the job done then they're in bigger dire straits than even I thought they were. Yeah I mean Dumbarton they've got Falkirk and Airdrie in a space of two days before playing Aberdeen so they're they're going to be absolutely shattered ahead of this game but I mean Aberdeen just can't score and if they could if it, the longer the game goes on if Aberdeen Aren't in the back, they don't hit the back of the net. I mean, this game's finished on the day, so it could go to penalties. In Aberdeen, they'll get more and more nervous. Jim Duffy's a good operator, he'll, he'll have them well organised. So it's a huge potential banana skin. It's a fascinating game. I can't wait to go down there and see it. But hopefully, Aberdeen have got enough. I'm sure they've got enough in the tank to get the job done. Surely. This, this will be the start of a, a upsurge in form. Enough in the tank is the perfect phrase for this. Because if you're in the Aberdeen coaching staff just now, and you're looking at how this week is panning out, one team that should have nothing in the tank by the time kickoff comes on Saturday is Dumbarton. They've got every disadvantage you could possibly get, have. Every, every nightmare scenario for a, <laughs> the manager in terms of how we cannot create a cup shock is what's happening to them this week. As we said, they've got two massive games against teams pushing for promotion tonight and then on Thursday. And if that's not bad enough, you're playing late on a Thursday night 
and then early on a Saturday lunchtime against a team that hasn't played for a fortnight. I mean, come on. Aberdeen have got to win this game. Exactly. And these, these, and these boys have full-time jobs as well. I mean, they're working at night, as well, work, working during the day, playing at night, four games in basically the space of a week. Surely Aberdeen's going to get a job done. Well, that'll be a famous one if they don't. Um, but yeah, who would be a lower league player right now? Um, yeah. Although they did struggle to beat them only <laughs> yeah, 18 months ago. Well, yeah, less than 18 the... months ago, with Sam Cosgrove scored late on a penalty. That was the Dubai curse, though. Um, <laughs> the obviously we might get a we might get another announcement in terms of the coaching staff before this the end of this week. Um, I think the things are hopeful uh, that Alan Russell. The England strikers coach might agree to sort of have a dual role, um, sharing England uh, or sharing between England and Aberdeen. Um, obviously, it's a total change of direction having a, a, a position-specific coach coming in. But as someone that's kind of done well working with Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling seems to be very highly rated. Surely that's a good thing if Aberdeen can secure him, and it's a it's an ambitious move as well. That'd be a fantastic move to get him on board. Something exciting. I'm a, I'm a in the in for a penny, in for a pound camp. The, the way this is panning out, we've got a new manager, we've got a new coach, and now we're bringing in a, a strikers coach potentially uh, who works at international level and is uh, done very well, highly regarded. It's um, it's it's all looking very exciting, very innovative. That's what that's what the fans wanted, wasn't it? We wanted something fresh, something new, something different. We're certainly going to be getting that if we do end up with this management trio in place at Petodri. I mean, Harry Kane has said that uh, Alan Russell's fundamental fundamental in him winning the Golden Boot at the World Cup. I mean, and that's a guy that Aberdeen look like they're going to get on board. What an ambitious! move and the statement of intent of what they really hope to do in upcoming seasons I, I, I'm really excited by this and it's well needed Bruce Anderson will be licking his lips at the prospect of potentially coming back to Aberdeen next season and becoming the, the top man under Alan Russell yeah, anyway. you just, you, so you just wonder who they're going to get in though for him to work with when he does come in I mean there's no strikers at the, at the moment for next season Potentially Bruce Anderson. But. Anyway, we will move on because we've got a, another huge game in terms of our patch to discuss next, which is, of course, El Quesico, the return. Okay, Andy, how excited are people in the Highlands about the return of the biggest dar- derby in North football? Very excited, yeah. Um, I mean, this this has got a bit of everything when you you throw in the the added factor that uh, John Hughes at uh, Ross County will be coming up against Inverness, the team that he led to victory in the competition in twenty fifteen. Um, it just adds a another kind of layer to the the whole plot here. And you know, there are a, a number of former Inverness players in the county side, as we all know as well. So, you no know, uh, first meeting between the sides and. Um, almost two years, which um, you know certainly uh, gives us a, a lot to look forward to. It's it's rare that the two sides come up against each other when they're not in the same league. I think I was looking back at the at the records, and I think there was only one cup tie um, 
when Inverness were prom- first promoted to the, the SPL back in 2004. They, they beat County in a, uh, a League Cup tie. Um, you know, normally it's a, a quite a, a close match between two sides that are roughly in the, the same sort of position in the league. But, you know, County will clearly go in as, as favourites given their premiership status. But by the same token, I don't think it would be a, a seismic shock if Inverness were to pull it off. Um, Ross County last season went out of the, the competition against Ayr. Um, and I, I think we've seen in the past that teams at the top end of the championship are capable of uh, defeating uh, those that are struggling in the Premiership. So it's got the makings of a, a great encounter and um, you know, really looking forward to the return of this one. It's uh, It's been a, a game where you know heroes have been made in the past and you know continue to be remembered for moments that they've come up with in, in these Highland Derby encounters. And I'm just looking forward to seeing who will be the, the 2021 20, version. It feels like quite a while since we've actually discussed Cali Thistle, but obviously with the win over Arbroath at the weekend, Things are very much on the up under Neil McCann. Bar the, the sort of tight cup win over Bucky Thistle, their their league form and their the way you view their league season has totally changed. I mean, there's no more relegation fears and they're very much in the playoff hunting and hunting for promotion, I suppose, end of the season. Could that could that count for them? I think the momentum that they've built up has to help their, their mood going into this game. They um yeah, they seem to have found a, a formula. They're they're winning games that are quite firmly in the balance. You know, they're um, they're certainly not uh, winning them at a canter, but you know, they're just finding a, a formula to to get the three points on board, and it's it's um, rejuvenated their their playoff aspirations in a very short space of time. Um, the one thing that may count against them is the just the sheer number of games that they've had. Neil McCann touched on it on on Saturday that the. The players were dead on their feet. Uh, nine games in a month that they've come through, which makes it all the more, uh, you know, impressive that they're stringing this form together at the tail end of that run. Uh, you know, they were struggling before that uh, and had some games that they would have seen as major opportunities at home to Queen of the South, at home to Morton uh, earlier on in the month, where uh, you know they would have looked at those games as being a, a big chance to. To spark a revival, but they they lost out on both occasions. Um, you know, for them to have beaten some of the the top sides in the league, like Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline, uh, and then you know following that up with uh, with triumphs over Bucky and Arbroath in the last week has uh, created a a feel good factor there. Um, I suppose players maybe just with with that familiarity working under Neil McCann now he's obviously come in at very short notice and. Um, he's added Billy Dodds, who's another pair of hands. Uh, I think there's a 100% record since Dodds came in. So um, no, it's uh, it's it's looking promising again for Cali Thistle, having having looked pretty ominous not so long ago. On Saturday morning, we all got the surprise of Scott Allen joining on loan as well for the well. It would have been the last six games of the season at that point. But how? How ambitious um, or how much of a statement of intent is that from Cali Thistle bringing Scott Allen on board? Obviously, he's had his health problems while at Hibs and he's kind of on his way back to try and get get games under his belt and get his fitness back up. But having seen him destroy Aberdeen at times, he's a, he's a player at times I thought, well, if the Dons signed him, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be displeased about that. But for Cali Thistle to have him for the championship running, it's a huge... He could potentially be like 
you know, the, the key factor in whether they go up or not. Yeah, uh, a fully fit Scott Allen, um, you know, if he was up and running, would undoubtedly still be in the, the Hibs team uh, just now. And, you know, they're sitting third comfortably and looking to secure European football. So uh, that's that's a measure of, you know, just how, how good a, an acquisition this is for, for Inverness in the Championship. He came on for the last... Um, Forty minutes or so in the um, the game against Arbroath, he was quite an early second half substitute, and it was uh, you know it was clear that he needed to get up to speed. But some of his touches and his link up play was you know very very classy and assured. Um, you, you can tell that he's got the potential to be a, a real difference maker, particularly in some of these tight games. Um, you know, with a bit of time between matches this week Inverness might have had a bit more chance to introduce him to the group this week um, it wouldn't totally surprise me if he, he's thrown in from the, the start on Saturday uh, on Friday sorry um, I mean he has mentioned himself that uh, he could quite easily have stayed at Hibs and remained on the bench for the, the rest of the season where Jack Ross wanted him to be you know he, he saw him as a, a guy that could have been quite useful to have as an option coming coming on Um to try and change games, but Scott Allen is determined um, to, to play 90 minutes. Um, it, it was him that has really forced this move through and previously worked under Neil McCann at Dundee. There's a relationship there. So, you know, I see no reason why, you know, he can't come in and make a, you know, a very quick impact uh, in these these final matches of the, the season and uh, potentially be a, a difference maker. If you're Neil McCann, you're, you're, you're looking at this guy going, let's get him up to speed now in these games we've got left. And when we hit the playoffs, we've got a bang on it player who could be the difference for us and might just get us up. And you'd, you'd have to say momentum is with Carly Thistle. I know I've been critical of them in previous weeks on here, but looking at them now, they're the form team in the division. And, that, and that's in the back of what? A week, ten days, but that's how quickly it can turn around. If they have another week, ten days like they've just had, they're going to be right in there. Scott Allen's looked a class act in the Premiership games, so in the Championship, if he gets up to speed pretty quickly, he's going to really make his mark. And it's his acquisitions came just at the right time, so it could be a huge, huge signing and a catalyst that could sort of push. Carly back to the top flight potentially. Not to be um, negative, cynical, whatever you want to call it. Um, in terms of Ross County and Carly, this <laughs> will be. Also, their <laughs> yeah, their league <laughs> seasons are very much alive. Ross County trying to make sure they're safe in the Premiership. Carly Thistle trying to get up. Now, obviously, there's there's North pride on the line in this game. Um, as well as keeping momentum going, you know, getting a, another uh, confidence-building victory. But in a sense, do they have bigger fish to fry? And they kind of do they need the 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 fixtures that will come from a, a cup run? Those additional fixtures. It's a tough one. I it's a Highland Derby at the end of the day, and the the situation I can mainly relate to with this one is during County's promotion season. Uh, two years ago, the two sides met in a di- in a derby in the the Scottish Cup around about this same time of the the season. Um, went to a replay, and Inverness actually won that on penalties as part of their run to the semi finals that year. And even though County were 
firmly on course to go up and had won the the challenge cup as well that that hurt them don't uh, don't get me wrong um so uh, no i think the uh, the stake uh the stakes are are still very very high um just given the the pride that's uh <clears throat> that's there for for both sides and uh with it being the the, the first Thailand derby for for a couple of years as well um it's it's not one that either team is going to to want to lose I think County will probably look at it as a, a good opportunity to try and build some momentum going into the the post split fixtures. They've um, you know they've they've suffered in terms of their form in the last couple of weeks, um, even though they've not had many games. They, um, you know, other teams in and around them have started to pick up while they've lost games. So um, if they can get a victory to go into the Kilmarnock game, which is massive, the the following Saturday, then. You know that gives them a, a bit of a platform for what's going to be a you know a really really tight run in uh, that that could well go down to the wire. I tell you who it's a huge game for, John Hughes. He's gonna he's a proud guy as we know. Whatever people might think of him, um, he he says it as he sees it, and he will want to show Carly Thistle. This is what you're missing, guys. If he'd backed me and I'd and I'd stayed at the club, you could be still in the Premier with me, but. Here you go. I'm going to wait to turn you over with the team that you probably least would want that to happen against. There's the team talk right there. Uh, <laughs> with uh, with Messrs Draper, Mackay, Tremarco, Jordan White. It's uh, it, it's all there, isn't it? You know, the so many former players that that will be eager to to sort of prove a, a point as well. Um, you know, it's one that I'm really really looking forward to. It's just a shame there'll be no fans. Okay. Right. Let's move on then to our teams in League 1, League 2. Um, I always say that League's 1, League 2. League 1 and League 2. Uh, Peterhead, Gold Rangers and Elgin City. Okay, let's start with Peterhead. Much like Cali Thistle, um, their last couple of games have, have changed everything for Peterhead. Although, of course, they were they've come back from the restart, but... They might have gone up out in the cup against Stenhouse Muir, but wins against Airdrie and Dumbarton um, consecutive Saturdays have put them right in the playoff hunt. Um, so, yeah, I think we said when just before the restart that this is what we hoped for for Peterhead when they came back, that they could finally find that consistency and start stringing wins together in the league to have done so. They've done really well. I think if you're Jim McAnally, if before a, a ball had been kicked for this restart, he would have said, put my team in the top half, fifth will do, and I'll shake your hand and we'll call it a, a day. Thanks very much for this season. And they would be safe and have, have stayed up. But as it stands now, they're up to fifth. They're hot in the heels of the, the three teams immediately above them. I think Falkirk are showing signs they're set to, to head over the, the horizon and out of sight of the, the chasing pack. But in terms of the three playoff positions, Peter Head are right in there now. It's good in the sense that they've had boys as well making their debuts. They've had obviously Scott Brown and Jordan Brown weren't available for the Muir Clash, but they've like like every other team in the lower leagues, they've they've got squad issues because of the, the nature of the, the restart and how quickly the fixtures are coming. But yeah, it just appears to be working at the moment. The one the guy that impressed me the most when I saw him be Airdrie was Hamish Ritchie. Um, from Inverary Locos, like for considering he's come from the Highland League on loan, um, on the basis that Inverary probably won't get to complete their season, just so much confidence on the ball, um, 
you'd think he'd been playing in the Scottish League um, for his whole career, despite the fact he's still pretty young. Um, I think he set up the winner for Jordan Brown when I watched him against Airdrie, full-time team, let's not forget, although it was the first game back, which is maybe a mitigating factor, but he also set up the the stunner that Ben Armour scored against Dumbarton at the weekend. So, big future for him. Um, Peterhead, they, they host Clyde this evening, um, a team that's only picked up one point since the restart and a, a, a team they seem to play every second week for the last couple of years but um, again it's just it's just a case of keeping the momentum going isn't it against a team that's you know part time like you a team that's probably of a sort of similar level and keeping that charge for the playoffs going they are very similar it's funny Clyde the, the one win Clyde have had since they came back was the one I saw up at Keith last week and the difference between the sides there was the sharpness in the first half, and Clyde got two goals to the good, and it was game over. It was too much for, for Keith to come back from. But in the second half, Keith really pushed them and gave as, as good as they got. Uh, th- that's been the, the difference when you look at um, th- th- this leagues, because it's, what is it, th- three leagues of 10 in the in the lower divisions, and it's so tight in there and at, every, at every league. And all you need to do is win two or three, and your whole season seems to turn around. We could be sitting here in two weeks' time looking at, well, that's Clyde in the, in the playoffs. Peter Head have tailed off. It's it's so tight. It's so tight. It's the same with Carly Thistle in the championship. You just you just need to, to grind it out, which is what Peter Head are doing, and they'll be looking at Clyde thinking, well, we're not going to be the team that gives them their, their first three points and makes them feel as if their season's going again after a, a false start. No, let's go and, and do the job here and, and, and strengthen our own, our own top half hopes. To think, Paul, I mean, the games are so tightly compacted. If you can go on and get a bit of momentum, it could completely transform a campaign. And that looks like what's happening with Peter Head. Three in a row is momentum. <laughs> Cove, uh, Cove, like um, Elgin, who we'll discuss later, appear to have been one of the teams that have been a little bit uh, hurt by the, the shutdown in the sense that they've come back and they're, they're not quite up to sharpness. Yeah, they've had two draws and they drew with East Fife at the weekend. Um, and this week, they've got Erdionians, a game you're going to at the Balmoral Stadium tonight, Paul, I believe, followed yep. by yep. what's essentially the biggest game in their history, Scottish Cup tie at Ibrox on Sunday against um, the Big Rangers. Um, it's a difficult one because... It, I spoke to Paul Hartley yesterday and he's very much emphasising the fact that the, the league's the important thing. Um, and it's, you know, they need to have all their focus on the Airdrie game this evening. But at the same time, the juxtaposition is we're we're probably running page leads every day in both papers about the Rangers game and how excited the players are for that. It's it's It makes tonight's game, I suppose, a banana skin doesn't it? Um, although Airdrie are a full-time team, but it makes it makes it um, a game that could be tricky for Cove in terms of um, keeping their eye on the ball. I suppose I'm sure they'll be professional enough to do so, but yeah, it's it must be a tough one psychologically, Paul. Yeah, it, it's human nature, isn't it? If you, if you're playing it part-time football and you're getting a chance to go to Ibrox or. Celtic Park, Petardy, Tynecastle, whatever it is, you're thinking, oh, this is a great game, a big occasion. This is one I'm going to have a scrapbook out for, for when I hang up my boots. That's, that's just how it is for for part-time players. And has that played a part in how 
Cove have fared so far since they come back? I don't know. Um, but we'll find out tonight. Because if they can go and, and beat Airdrie, then you're thinking, well, that's a good professional job, well done. And it, it reflects well on the players that they were able to block out what is a huge occasion for them on Sunday at Ibrox to go and get the three points in the bread and butter. And it, Paul Hartley's right. He's not interested in the cup. I don't think, let's be honest, I don't think Scott, uh, Cove Rangers are, are winning the Scottish Cup this season. Um, and taking the fans out of it, also changes, it's not a big payday like it would normally be in a set of circumstances. I think it would be an even bigger occasion and it would be partying, not just uh, the players looking forward to it. I think Keith Moorhouse and his, his board at Cove would have been delighted to be going to Ibrox and under n- normal circumstances. But beat Airdrie tonight, you know you're staying up there in, in the playoff hunt, which again, I don't know if that would have been on the, the agenda at the start of the season, but given how this campaign is now panning out and where Cove are, it's got to be a target for them. I mean, they're still second at the table. Let's not forget that, although I was painting it as a bit of doom and gloom. Um, I think Park are behind them, but they've played a game less. Um, Cove, I think, have probably completed their signings um, before the loan window slams shut. They brought in Keaton and Gwenya from Aberdeen as well as Kevin Hanrati, so you'll get to see the the future of the Dons there. Um, obviously, they need they need the left back because Harry Milne, their one of their best players, has been ruled out um, with an injury. Um, Paul, Sean, I think we've actually seen Keaton Nguyenia in action, haven't we? I think he played for the Dons against Ross County, um, and maybe in another game. But is he? Will he bring? Um, a certain degree of quality to Cove. I know Kevin Hanrati is kind of considered to be a very exciting attacking player for the next few years. I remember that tackle he made within, was it a minute of his debut, Paul? Oh, you thought he was going <laughs> to red cards him. coming out straight away? But no, no. <laughs> I timed it perfectly. It was a fantastic tackle. <laughs> He's certainly a committed I mean, player. He didn't leave anything behind. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got a bright future at Aberdeen. Yeah. He's very highly rated there. Yeah, the, the, he's one for the future. He's energetic, uh, aggressive, physical, gets up and down the park. I can see why they're thinking, let's send a guy out, toughen him up and see how he gets on when he comes back for a pre-season. It's a good move for all parties. Ideal environment for, for him. I mean, it's going to be in a cut and thrust, uh, a difficult league when every game... There's something on every game is pushing for that promotion playoffs. Yeah, like that could be a fantastic move for them. And I'm sure Stephen Glass will be what, keeping an eye on him as well. With Hanrati as well, obviously, um, you could do worse than playing alongside or in behind or out wide um, with Rory McAllister, Mitch Meganson up front and the likes of Fraser Fivey behind you. Jamie Maston as well be a good person to learn from for a wide player. Uh, Paul, it should be said that... Um, you talked about the the missing out on the payday of going to Ibrox at Cove. I noticed there's also going to be a virtual ticket scheme um, similar to Cali Thistle Hearts um, games like that. You know, so hopefully Marine versus Tottenham. Hopefully um, Cove can make a bit of money from that um, in this strange, strange year. Um, well, it's over a year now, to be fair. Um, Elgin City, Paul. You've seen them as well. They're another team, as I said, that haven't quite found their sharpness yet. I don't think they've dropped to fifth in the league t- table, having before the shutdown been the team that was the only team really given a challenge to Queen's Park, who were running away with it. Um, the 4-0 home defeat in the Cup to air was a sore one. Um, but Gavin Price 
appeared to be a bit happier with the 1-1 league draw with Star and Albion. that be right to say? He was. I mean, I, I spoke to him after the game at the weekend and he, and he was making a point that it wasn't just the physical difference, the air and Elgin, that seemed to exist between air and Elgin, sorry, it was the mental difference. that That's what really bothered him um, from the Scottish Cup exit. And he wanted a reaction and... It was a slow kind of start against Stirling, but um, when they fell a goal behind, the reaction was excellent, and their second half display was was very good. It was more like the Elgin that we've we've seen before the break, and uh, Gavin's looking for more of that, especially when they go to Brechin tonight. And we all due respect, it'll be a tough game as it always is at Brechin, but they're, they're toiling a minute a bit at the bottom of the league too. So if Elgin have got realistic ambitions of being in the playoffs this season, this has got to be a game that they're, they're taking three points from. Yeah, that that was a big result on, on Saturday. I think it was really important not to, to lose that one because Sterling Albion had come back strongly in their first game and had the, the opportunity to pull away from Elgin a wee bit if they'd picked up the three points at Borough Briggs on Saturday. So I think for Elgin just to get that first point on the board, um, now going into that breaking game that you, you mentioned, Paul, it, it, it gives them the... You, you know the the basis to to now go and put some sort of run together. The Scottish Cup's gone. Um, you know Elgin's priority has always been to to try and uh, have a tilt at uh, promotion, which they missed out on last season through the the season being ended. So, um, you know they've they've now got the the opportunity to try and um, gather some some momentum be- between now and the end of the season. And with the the games coming thick and fast, um, you know this week presents a good opportunity to to do that with the the games against Brechin and Annan to follow. Certainly, two winnable games. Anyway, let's move on then. Um, the Highland League, we've got plenty to discuss, despite there being no actual Highland League at the moment. Um, Scottish Cup exploits of the club. Uh, we, need, we need to give them some love because we've not, we've not really discussed them yet on Northern Goal, so that'll be what we try and cover in the next section. Okay, so we've got three teams left from the Highland League in the Scottish Cup. We've got Brora Rangers, we've got Farmarton United, and we've got Fraserburgh, your team, Paul. Um, Brora plays Stranraer, having knocked out Hearts. Um, I'm sure you, I'm sure you'd heard. Um, Farmarton on the same night probably didn't get the probably didn't get the attention they deserve for knocking out Annan and setting up a home tie this weekend with Premiership Motherwell in North Lodge Park. Fraserburgh were already through before things shut down um so they've been preparing for this what could be their their one game this season unless they win it um against montrose at the bells lee um where do we where do we think the the upset potential is um brora good chance i would say anyone going to the bells lee is in for a tough game yeah even with no fans. <laughs> I'll just be Finley Noble hounding you <laughs> from standing at the tunnel. Um, Fraserburgh probably have the best chance of the three, let's be fair. Um, although Montrose annihilated Nairn 7-1 last week, largely probably due to the fact that Nairn haven't kicked a ball. That is the that is the one thing in the back of my mind that goes, oh, this, this could be, this could be a, a sticky wicket for the Broch. But if you can't take inspiration from what Barora have done against a team that's been playing week in, week out, we're unbeaten. What was it? Eight, nine games before they got there? Then come on, guys. This is this is it. This is this is your your shot at glory this weekend. 
what is it, last 16 beckons? It's uh, it's going to be an interesting one with Brora. I'm heading up there on, on Saturday and it's a totally different mindset for Stephen Mackay and the, the players going into this one because off the back of what they did last week, there's actually a wee bit of expectation perhaps going to creep in as they host a League 2 team and that's a difficult thing to manage because, you know, Stranraer are not a bad side. You know, they're they're in contention in League 2 um, and it'll, it'll probably be more resembling of what a, a typical League 2 fixture would be like, um, a bit more gritty perhaps. Um, I'm sure it was pure adrenaline that got uh, got the Prora players through that, that magnificent uh, outing on uh, a week past Tuesday there, but... Uh, no, it's 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 a game that they're more than capable of winning. They, they've beaten Stranraer in recent history. Um, they went on a good run a few years ago under Ross Toakley and Stranraer then in League One were one of the sides that they, they beat down at Stair Park on that occasion. Um, so it, it, it's going to be a, you know fascinating. It probably helps them that they've got a, a game quite quickly after after the Hearts game. You know, it's it's a ten day break, which uh, you know in in relative terms is. Uh, you know, quite quite quick uh, for a, another one to come around, having been off for so long. So um, they'll they'll just try and and you know keep the the momentum going and and potentially set up a, a very lucrative draw in the in the following round. I, there will be that added expectation on Brora just after the cup heroics against Hearts. I mean, that, that's something that can also inspire them because people now expect them to do something. Although Stranraer is going to be a very difficult game, it's no walkover. But I think Broder will have enough to to get through. What, what I love about the Scottish Cup is it just hammers home every year how long overdue that pyramid system was to allow clubs like Broder and Cove the opportunity to to potentially move up through the ranks. And I was so too many a dead weight in the SPFL that just sort of languished there. But now. If they're not cutting or cutting it, they can drop down and ambitious forward thinking clubs can move up and Broda have shown just what they're capable of doing if they do get the chance to move up. For Martin, they've arguably got the biggest game of the weekend out of the three Highland League clubs with Motherwell making the trip to North Lodge. Um, I, I look at for Martin and I, I see them having to do the same sort of things what Broda did a week ago. You know the Premiership team or the team from the higher league, I guess, if you're going that far up, the full-time team, should I say, are going to have the, the most of the possession. You're going to have to run your backside off for 90 minutes and shut down the space, try and win your, your individual battles. And if you get a chance, you've got to take it. And that's what Brora did. They got the goal, they held on for a long, long time. And even when Hearts scrambled home that equaliser, Brora, when their chance came, they took it again, and then suddenly the clock's ticking. What was it, 10 minutes to go, quarter an hour to go after that? You're thinking, here we go, guys, we can do this. For Martin, I've got to do the same thing. Um, the, the the one good thing for, for Martin and Brora, I guess, is that they managed to have a game last week. That That is the thing that has me slightly concerned about Fraser, but that, that's the one, I, I, I don't know, I just, I just think, I know the Brock would have been delighted to have been in the hat already, and had the time to prepare for the game, but I just wonder if a proper competitive fixture last week might have made their their chances even stronger of turning the Gable Endies over this weekend. I know that Mark Cowie, when the, the new dates were first announced, was pretty concerned about, you know, getting the right training facilities, not having to train 
at Bell's Lee and rip up the pitch and, you know, make it, um, you know, virtually unplayable by the time the cup tie came around. So hopefully um, Fraser will have been able to prepare. Um, just so you reminded me of something there when you were speaking, Paul, about Kevin Mayne, the Martin goalie. He obviously spoke to us um, earlier this week about this, uh, almost summing up the marathon psychological effort it is for a Highland League team to overcome um, a team from Scottish leagues or like a Premiership team or whatever um, over over ninety minutes, it's very much a case of like you take it a quarter at a time. If you can get through that quarter, that feels like a whole game in itself. But if you can get through it, you're on the next quarter, then you're on the third quarter, and you know it's only in that last sort of period of if nothing sort of unexpected has happened. It's only in the last period that you really can start allow yourself to start believing that it's a possibility. But you never know. I mean, the, the fans thing is obviously, you know, the no fans thing's obviously brought all sorts of surprises this season. I, I, I'm just kind of gutted for, for Martin that it's, um, I think it's their first ever game against Premiership opposition at North Lodge. And again, it's a cliche now, but it comes comes with no fans and it's kind of, you know, it's not really the same. It's almost, um, it's almost painful that the draw comes in this year um, of all times. Um, anyway, though, uh, I think we should probably mention our other fallen friends, as I've described them. Dumbarton are through to play Aberdeen. Um, although this all feels like about um, a year ago, it was only last Tuesday. Um, Dumbarton, um, they overcame our Huntley um, 4-0, uh, which obviously denied us the Huntley-Aberdeen Cup tie. We craved, we've mentioned Elgin's lost to Air United. Um We've mentioned Clyde's 2-0 win at Kynick Park over Keith. Um, Peter Head's defeat to Stenhouse Muir. Um, and then the one I think that was the closest to another big upset, again, it's come up earlier, was Bucky Thistle's um, gallant effort um, against Callie Thistle at Victoria Park. I think they twice, twice equalised. And it could have been could have been a different um, could have a different one, could have been a huge result in our patch. Uh, so... Oh well, what could have been. Anyway, I think that uh, probably concludes this week's episode of Northern Go. Thanks guys for taking the time this morning. Before we conclude, we should spare a thought for our crestfallen comrade, Callum Law, who is, we know how gutted he was, his beloved Huntley lost out on uh, <laughs> the big game against the Dons at, at Christie Park. He's <laughs> so devastated he's had to take a week <laughs> off to recover. <laughs> That's for you, Callum. Maybe next year. Anyway, thanks guys for joining me this morning. You're welcome. Well, thanks very much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of Northern Goal, as always, you can like and subscribe to your favourite podcast app. You can also email us at northerngoal at dcpmedia.co.uk. And finally, enjoy the league games this week and enjoy the Scottish Cup this weekend. Cheers. Hope you loved the episode, and if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.